This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. This is Writing Excuses, Season 6, Episode 5, Query Letters with Sarah Crow. Fifteen minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart, except for Sarah. Sarah, welcome. Take a, take a moment and tell us about yourself, please. I'm an agent at Harvey Klinger in New York. I work with children's and adult books. Um, I represent the Wells Brothers. <laughs> full, full time. Significantly, you represent Dan Wells, who's yes. on this podcast. Yes. Robison Wells is on some other thing. Some yeah. other podcast. And no one cares. <laughs> no, my brother also, uh, we, we both have books coming out from Harper. Mm -hmm. uh, his comes out later this year and mine uh, next year. So. Excellent. And when when uh, we sold when when Rob sold when Sarah and Rob sold the the, the book to Harper, uh, Harvey came back and said, "So are there any other Wells siblings that I should be aware of?" Yes. Yeah. So, excellent. So um, if you are a balding white male between the ages of thirty and forty, changing your last name to Wells might be an effective <laughs> in at the uh, Harvey. Weinstein it's entirely possible. Yeah. Harvey Klinger. Harvey Klinger. Oh, Harvey Klinger. <laughs> Possibly Harvey Weinstein as well. Okay, so we want to talk about query letters today. Query letters are by far, without contest, the topic that is most requested from writing excuses. We will get at least one, if not five, of these uh, emails a week saying, please talk about query letters. And we have avoided doing so because, honestly, Brandon and Howard and I know nothing about them. Uh, and now that we have Sarah, who knows everything about them, we are going to talk about them. So uh, I, I want to start with, with, uh, with something that I think will be kind of fun. So uh, several years ago, when I sent my query letter to Sarah, um, I still have that email. So I'm going to read my query letter that I sent to Sarah. Um, and I'm going to change my mind. <laughs> and, and she's going to change her mind. This was four years ago, and uh, she's going to tell us what she liked about it, what was effective, what was ineffective, uh, and, and so we're going to talk about it. Here we go. I'll read it to you. Sarah, my name is Dan Wells, and I have received an offer from Tor to publish my young adult horror novel, I Am Not a Serial Killer. I am looking for an agent to handle the negotiations with my editor, Moshe Fetter. I Am Not a Serial Killer is the story of a 15-year-old sociopath named John who works in a mortuary and is obsessed with serial killers. He wants to be a good person, and for years he has suppressed his dark side through a strict system of rules designed to mimic normal behavior. Soon, however, a demon begins stalking his small town and killing people one by one, and John is forced to give in to his darker nature in order to save them. As he struggles to understand the demon and find a way to kill it, his own mind begins to unravel until he fears he may never regain control. Faced with the reality that he is perhaps more monstrous than the monster he is fighting, John must make a final stand against the horrors of both the demon and himself. The book includes elements of gore and suspense, but the main focus is on psychological terror. The compromises we make while trying to do good, and the good that we're capable of no matter how dark our situation may be. John's descent into madness is disturbing, but his dogged determination to crawl back out of it gives the book a solid moral grounding and a unique emotional resolution. The book is approximately 68,000 words long. Moshe wants to turn it into a series, so I've already plotted out two more books and begun writing the sequel. Thank you for your time and for considering I am not a serial killer. I would love to send you a few chapters or the whole manuscript. I look forward to hearing from you. Dan, why didn't you write that book? 
Oh, I tried. I had to write this crappy one instead. So, Sarah? I mean, one sign of how good that, you know, the really great book descriptions and query letters is that they go on to really be very similar to, I think, is what is on the back cover of the, you know, what has been used to describe the book. It's something that I was able to use in pitching to editors. Um, and so, you know, I think it's a really strong book description. And, um, you know, the first sentence is right away really exciting and has a very big hook and something that I hadn't seen before. The first um, sentence of the query letter? Or yeah, the, the well, the first sentence of the synopsis. Okay. Because mm -hmm. yeah. the first sentence of the query letter was pretty good. Yeah, I've having sold, an offer. I've sold a book. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want some money? Yeah, yeah. Well, now talk to us about that. Yeah. Is, now, does that really make a big, uh, uh, is that a big part of your decision? Certainly, because Tor is a major house, you know, and, and it definitely, I think, would make any agent, you know, stop and look more closely at the book description. But it won't make me take on the client because... Um, you know, if it's not a right, the right fit for me, it's not my only job with this client will not be selling this one book to tour and negotiating those rights. It would be working with him on other things he writes and so, which we have done. And so, mm -hmm. I, you know, I have to like the writing. So I definitely have turned down people who have already had deals just because it just doesn't make sense. Well, and that's, that's something that I always point out is that even with this offer from tour, I was turned down by three agents before I where I found Sarah. Mm. And so just having an offer, it certainly will make an agent pay attention, mm. but it won't make the deal. It won't seal it And also it I would itself. say as a caution to authors, I mean, you know, you have to know that, yes, yeah, some agents, you know, may offer representation because you have the offer and you have to make sure that they are also in it for your writing and what you're doing next. So mm -hmm. I think it goes both ways. Now, now uh, one thing that I've noticed, and it sounds like we do have our mics turned on now, so that's echoing quite a bit. Um, one thing that I have noticed I I in this letter here, even back before that, is the very first word is your name. I address mm -hmm. this directly to you. How big, of a, how big of a difference does that make? The difference for me for eQueries, I still read the, the queries that say, Dear Agent, but I don't respond to them unless <laughs> I want the book. So if you want, and I, I just don't, I get, again, so many eQueries. I have to count one day, but it's definitely 30 or so. So if you don't address me, then I just don't feel like I have to do the response that I do. Um, because I, so, mm -hmm. but other than that, I do read it. And now, now if, if, a query if you copy 50 agents, I probably won't read it because then we find it really annoying. <laughs> and <laughs> so if a query comes in, rather than directly to your email, if it just comes into the agency addressed to query or whatever, mm -hmm. rather than being addressed to you specifically, what happens? Someone to else reads it first, our assistant who's fabulous, um, Rachel, and she mostly works with Harvey, so she reads all of his queries, um, but she also reads the queries that are addressed to queries of Harvey Klinger. I don't know, we're, we wanna get rid of the web that address, but we get so many queries to it, mm. mostly from people who are using really old editions of writer's Market. handbook thing, writer's marketplace, <laughs> so usually they're not the most informed, right? I, I, it's always better, I think, to really target. It definitely is. Um, when I, uh, I've talked to some editors before and uh, talking to Tor, they said if you send, you know, if you're, if you're sending directly to an editor at Tor and it has a name on it, then that editor will read it. If it doesn't and it just says to Tor or to, you know, insert publisher name here, then it gets read by a high school intern who doesn't necessarily know anything because their, their job is to go through all of the 
you know, the slush that isn't directed at anyone. So. Yeah, I don't have any, well, I, I read all the queries that come into my email. What I do do is if I request a manuscript, I have reader interns. Um, one is a college student and one is a recent graduate and they look over the some of the ones that I request. Mm -hmm. so I like having another opinion. All right, so let's dissect this query a little, a little more. We address it directly to you, and then I start by introducing myself, mm -hmm. and then I say the genre of my book and the title of the book. Mm -hmm. Young adult horror novel, I am not a serial killer. Interestingly, my book is not actually sold as young adult. Mm. Uh, Tor decided not to do that, but um, I put young adult horror novel into it because when I was researching agents, I found Sarah, and for some reason, the, the information I had received said she handles young adult and she handles horror, and so I'm like, sweet. I'm going to put that in the query list. <laughs> so, I mean, what, what do you typically handle? How much, how much does, weight does that have to see that genre there? I think at the time it, had a, it, it did a lot because I was looking for specifically young adult horror because it's something that a lot of editors were looking for at the time too and it's something I liked. Um, and probably because I was already working with Jonathan Mayberry and I would sold his adult horror novels and it was just something that, but I mean, I don't, I don't know where, I don't represent a lot of it. Um, trying to think. So, well, but obviously young adult, I represent a lot mm -hmm. of young adults. So, so if, for example, I had written an epic John, fantasy yeah. novel, and yeah. so I said, my book is the epic fantasy, you know, Howard Saves the World, um, and then I gave a, a really killer synopsis, do you handle a lot of epic fantasy? Would you say, oh, screw it? I don't, fantasy, but I don't I've care. certainly requested some. You know, I think in one case, actually, it was someone you recommended, and I, or some, or another author, and the the pitch was so good. But um, he ended up getting an offer from somebody that made a lot more sense than me. But uh, you know, I, yes, it matters. If somebody says, you know, the, the, if the if the genre is something that I don't represent, then you know, it's going to be. Unlikely that I'll really pay a lot of attention to, to the description. So do you do you pass it off to somebody else in the agency if you like it, but you know it doesn't fit you? Yes, for, for some reason I work with this guy, an agent David Dunton, who is does a lot of nonfiction books about music and does them really well. And strangely, in the last week, I've gotten two nonfiction books about music <laughs> queries. And both Dave and I just are very confused as to why they didn't write to Dave. So those are ones that I give. You know, I just hand okay. them right over. Um, so we, yes, we definitely share things. And uh, you know, my other the colleague does a lot of nonfiction type of things that I don't do, sort of pop culture nonfiction. So anything like that, I share. We all like YA, so I don't tend to. If I, you know, if I request something, we don't really share those queries that much. Um, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot real quick um, in in order to commit commerce with our listeners. Um, are there books that you're currently representing that are available on audio that you would like to take a moment to plug for our listeners? Because we're sponsored by Audible. Oh, really? Okay. Um, what is on audio then? <laughs> um, I know Brian Yansky's Alien Invasion and Other Inconveniences is recently out on audio, and that's really wonderful. Um, it's a book about the, it's after an alien, the aliens invade, and it's about a group of teens. Um, it's narrated by two teens and also by a, the alien in charge of oh, colonizing fantastic. Earth. And Wait, you got, a, you got an alien to actually narrate? 
Yes. That's like yes. the best audio book oh, ever. Yeah. Yes. I, oh, yeah. It's kind of hard to understand unless you speak <laughs> E.T., but Lord Vert. Who's the author again? Um, Brian Yansky. Brian Yansky. He's in Austin, and we just sold the sequel to that, um, to Candlewick. And um, I know we actually just did a really interesting thing um, with Blackstone Audio that Jonathan, um, with short stories, Jonathan Mayberry has been writing short stories related to his thrillers, and Blackstone's going to do five a collection of short stories on audio, which I thought was really fun. Okay. Neat. Um, well, uh, listeners, you can go to audiblepodcast.com/excuse to kick off a 14-day free trial and check out um, what was the Alien book again? Alien Invasion and Other Inconveniences. Alien Invasion and Other Inconveniences by Brian Niansky. Um Thank you for the plug. Back to the dissection to of this. this query letter. Let's go on. Uh, one thing that you said about this was that the synopsis that I gave was very good. And uh, you, you've talked about synopses before and about things that they, they must tell you mm. as an agent and that they must do. Can, mm. can you tell us what some of those things are? What makes a good synopsis? Okay, I think I was saying, you know, obviously it's a plot synopsis, but a plot synopsis that doesn't tell us every single detail. You know, it's mm -hmm. very much a tailored plot synopsis that tells us the most interesting things that happen. Um, it also tell, you know, should reveal the hook of the book, um, the genre, the audience. All right, help our listeners out real quick. You, you used a technical term there, hook. Yeah. What does hook mean? You know, I think that this is a really good example of hook, this dance query. A 15-year-old sociopath named John who works in a mortuary and is obsessed with serial killers. Um, now, that's not the first, that's, that's interesting and starts us off, but when we get to the second sentence, he wants to be a good person, and for years he has expressed his dark side through a system of rules to, um, to mimic normal behavior. So right away, you know, we have the hook there is that there's a, a you know, that John is, is just fighting, fighting, against he's, he's fighting against himself. And um, yeah, exactly. So we have a, a character in conflict. But yeah. the actual term hook means something that grabs you as an agent, you I as a synopsis a hook is, reader. I think a hook is the reason that you will keep reading a book. Um, it's, you know, what, what keeps the pages turning. And I think that. Um, and you somehow know. you need to communicate that. You need to communicate it, definitely. And mm -hmm. you need to, and it maybe is different. It's hard. It's, it's, I know it's so hard to do. But I mean, there's, I think that that gets down to even what Rob was talking about in his workshop, too, like getting down to this way of showing what's different in your book, why your book is you know, different than what's out there and what's so great about it, uh, you know, what, what's going to make me pick it up other than you know, instead of something else. I mean, that's what we all want to okay. get down to. Correct mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong. I love trying to distill these things down to a, down to a science mm -hmm. because that sucks all the life out of it and just kills it for everyone. <laughs> um, when, when you're talking about distilling the hook, you know, you said, uh, what is it that keeps, me, keeps the pages turning for me? You want me to tell you something that will make you want to turn the pages. Mm -hmm. You don't want me to tell you that you will want to keep turning the pages yeah. because. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. and that's something that as I read this, uh, as, I, as I listened to Dan read this query letter, he never said, in essence, this book is awesome because yeah. you have never seen a serial killer wrestling against his inner nature yeah. like this before. Yeah, and he didn't say, you know, a thrill ride, a, like... No <laughs> marketing speak. Unputdownable, you know, the things that he liked. <laughs> Which is on the cover now, oh, yeah. by the way. But somebody else it said it. Unputdownable. Yes. Yeah, somebody else said it. But somebody else said it. And that's an so. important thing, and that is, uh, you know, you're, you're not, you know, you 
in a query, you're a salesman, and, and nobody trusts a salesman. And so if I had spent my whole time talking about how this was brilliant writing and you know, excellent vocabulary and all these you know, mm -hmm. glowing things, you won't be able to put this down. Of course I'm going to say that. I wrote it. And, and you so saved, she's not yeah. going to believe me. You saved sort of the you saved kind of your feelings about the book for the second paragraph too. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about the second paragraph because that's I mean that's weird. a little risky. Writing that. It's a little <laughs> risky that second paragraph, you know, and it's it won't always work. What was work. risky about it? Well, because he's sort of doing the sort of sales in a little bit of telling me, you know, what he thinks the book mm -hmm. is and does, and that's a little risky. But I don't. But he does it in a way that I, you know, it really did make me. Interested. You got so. so lucky. I know. You no, hit no. Sarah on you a know, good day. You know, saying a unique <laughs> emotional resolution, for instance, is a little risky because you know, but yeah, but he she, already he got me. How many but he didn't want to spoil the end. He wanted to tell you that you know you are going to enjoy the end, and I don't want to tell you about mm. it. Mm. Which yeah. is he said it better than I just did. <laughs> <laughs> now, now one of the things that stood out to me here while I was reading this query to you. Um, is that it is surprisingly moral, I think, in a way. And that's, this, is, this is not how I describe the book to people anymore, is you know, the, the good that we're capable of doing, no matter how dark our situation may be, uh, things like that, uh, a solid moral grounding because of his determination to crawl back out of this madness. Um, that's not how I talk about this book anymore, and yet, Obviously, that was effective for you. What? What is that? Well, something I mean, that I think you had really sold you? me with the book description, and as I said yesterday, that's what I always am looking at. I just want to know, you know, I want to read the book description and want to read it. And you know, our live audience benefits from having heard your your thing yesterday. <laughs> the folks online haven't. Um, just to oh, encapsulate. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's that's fine. I'm that's fine. It's easy, easy to forget that there's people listening in internet land. Um, to to so basically, very, very I was briefly. saying, you know, all of the other things you do in a query letter, talking about yourself, that you were writing since that you've been writing since you were four, that your grandchildren love your stories, that your mother loves your story. You know, none of this is important, yeah. and especially for a debut fiction writer. And I think it's hard for people to believe that. You know, you really can just write the description, you know, just tell me what the book is about, get me to want to read it, and, and, you know, find a way to get an agent that way. I mean, almost everybody that I've taken on in my career has been a debut writer who wrote me out of the blue. So, you know, it's not, you, Take I think notes, people worry and they do, so much, they do so much before they talk about the book that can just make me not really. So, so one of the key things then is just keep it simple, mm -hmm. keep it short. This query letter would have been just as effective without that th second paragraph there. It would have, but I have to say, I mean, I think that, that it was interesting to think about the psycho that, that sentence about psychological terror. And I think I ended up using some form of that when I talked to editors. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, so I think that you so can, you can always, there's always rule. exceptions to the rules. There's not a hard, fast rule. But I think what you want to stay away from is really going into detail about, you know, what you feel about the book. You know what you think it will, what what market you think it has. You know mm -hmm. beyond the fact that you think it's a YA or you think it's an adult or you think it's an epic fantasy, don't get so bogged down in writing a paragraph about exactly who you think will want to read it and why. And so, you know, so that's don't, for the say, don't say you know this is the next Harry Potter yes, or exactly. this is the next. Mm -hmm. That's what I said in the talk too was about making comparisons to unrepeatable successes. Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, so this is the new <laughs> Harry Potter, Twilight, Aragon, whatever your comparison yeah. is. Of course, it's not. 
Yeah, eat, pray, love is the other <laughs> Of course giant it's not. This get. is going to have more staying power, like <laughs> Lord of the Rings. So, so uh, what... I'm not interested in that kind of success. A, a great <laughs> query letter, then, is one that is going to pique your interest and tell you just enough to make you want to read, mm -hmm. and then from that point on, the book speaks for itself. Yeah. And of course, comparisons, you know, there's not, not really a comparison here, I don't think. Um, comparisons can be great, and I do like them. I do like when somebody, you know, gives me a little bit of sense of what to expect in the book by saying, you know, mm -hmm. alluding to things, you know, people. Um, I'm trying to think. So compare to something else without neglecting to also mention what makes your Make unique. sure it makes sense. And if you're going to use Harry Potter, which I just recommend you don't because everybody does, but if you do use it, there should be a really good reason that, you know, it should really be a, it should make sense to me why you're saying that. It shouldn't be just because you think that your book is This is a book about a magical school like Harry <laughs> Potter, except that um, he's also a psychopathic murderer. <laughs> there you go. It should, your reason, which is a lot of people's reason for mentioning Harry Potter or Twilight, is that you've decided that it's going to be that kind of success. And that's mm -hmm. a silly thing to say in a query letter. All right. Well, um, I think we have a fairly obvious writing prompt for today to close off with. Uh, write a query letter based on whatever your current project is. Describe it very succinctly, give a good synopsis, try to hook an agent's attention, and, uh, and see what you can come up and with. And practice it a lot. And, <laughs> and then practice the it mirror. a lot. <laughs> All right, well, uh, this has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like... Do you want to do a one-on-one -on -one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.